Welcome to the eCommunity Nehemiah Entrepreneurship eCommunity Podcast. I'm your host, Patrice Saigay. I am here today with my good friend, James Autry. James, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Patrice, it's good to see you. Good to be nearby as well. And we just live down the street from each other, but we haven't talked to each other in quite a while. So. I know, right? I know. So we got to do this podcast just to connect that we live so close away. You know, James, you're no, you're no stranger to the Nehemiah Project family. Uh, James Autry is a biblical entrepreneur, a major champion for our cause. Uh, he's a he's a local connector. Uh, serves, founded, serving our neighbor, leads that organization. Um, is now. Uh, what role do you play for Prebrek? Are you the chairman, the coordinator? What will you yeah, tell? I'm the event manager. So my my role is to work throughout the year, putting the team together and hosting that, as well as all the logistics behind the scenes. Yep. Awesome. And then you support several organizations, including my project around the region. You know, without James, our city, Portland, Vancouver, Oregon, Vancouver, uh, Washington, all of that is not connected. You kind of you are the you are kind of the magnet that connects all of us. James, thank you for being here. James also has a history in media. He used to run a local radio station here in our city. Uh, James, welcome to the podcast. So we thought we'd have you come in and talk about this prayer breakfast coming coming up and on Thursday. I have the honor of being the keynote speaker. Thank you, first of all, for asking me and for the privilege of serving you guys. And it'll be our American story. That is the title of my talk, and that's the theme for the prayer breakfast. And so part of what we're going to be doing this Thursday, by the way, if you would like to attend the prayer breakfast, you can. there's a link that's going to go up. You can also go to ClarkCountyPrayerBreakfast.com where you can sign up, you can buy a table, you can register and come, or you can just plug in virtually because they'll be showcasing it virtually as well. And so this, so essentially this year, the American story, we're going to be dealing with, uh, I'll be sharing my story as an immigrant, connecting with it with James and other people's story as all of us, one time or another, some way back than others, have immigrated to America, the land of opportunity, and we've been able to reach the American dream, and we've been able, hopefully, to contribute to it as well. But there are some values that have made America great, of America what it is, that has allowed us to be able to contribute to it, and also allowed us to benefit from it. One of those values is prayer, and there are other values. You have to come to the talk to hear them out. And so, James, um, you have an American story as well. And so they were going to kind of hear your American story. But before we get to it, tell us about the prayer breakfast. Why the prayer breakfast and what purpose does this serve for this region? Yeah, the prayer breakfast is uh, 20 years old now. We just started with Full Gospel Businessmen uh, 20 years ago. And it's an amazing uh, journey to where our event is uh, engaging people to be an honoring event for our civic leaders, our first responders for our wounded warriors, our active military. So the whole focus of the event is not evangelistic. Uh, we don't call people to make a decision for Christ, but we do pray for and we honor our leaders. And it used to be called the Mayor's Prayer Breakfast, but we kind of switched it a little bit, shortened the title to just Clark County Prayer Breakfast to be able to engage a much broader uh, community. And so each year now, uh, we not only have <clears throat> a special guest, but we also have a, an honored citizen that we now feature, someone who's been in the community, uh, helping people out, engaging in various ways to be able to connect 
uh, and serve the community. And so it's been fun to, to see that also service where in addition to a keynote speaker like yourself, we're now focusing in on the citizens, not just the leadership. And so the, the whole event is all about honoring and encouraging others to honor. And even this year, we lost a new initiative where we asked all the Christian schools in the metro area, maybe we will be able to expand it in the future to the public schools, but we asked all the Christian schools to put together a project and to film it, and we're going to show one of those videos this week uh, on that Thursday morning where one particular school in Clark County has done amazing work in honoring our veterans and our wounded warriors and our first responders, and so that's what the event's all about. It does have a key element of prayer in the midst of it, we open with prayer, close with prayer, and I know Patricia, you're a prayer warrior as well. And so we've always had an amazing uh, list of people. We had uh, Franklin Graham's son, the grandson of Billy Graham, who spoke last year for our prayer breakfast. He actually came for a special trip, and as well as others, uh, amazing folks that have been a part of it. And all those uh, past presentations are all available on our website at ClarkCountyPrayerBreakfast.com. I love it. You know, for our international audience, James. Uh prayer breakfasts, prayer in general. We have the national prayer breakfast as well. Yes. In the States. It's a strong tradition in America. When you think about it as the coordinator of this particular event, how important is this to the fiber of what makes America as preeminent as it is? Well, as we know, you know, God does things uh, in answering prayer. So he actually, is, I, I see prayer as, a, as like a playing baseball with the papa, <laughs> with father, you know, he throws me something and then I throw it back in his lap. And <clears throat> one of the ways that we get stuck in prayers, we don't, we receive all these crazy burdens and we, we keep them, we don't throw them back, you know? And so our engagement is very important. And so God throughout the millennia has always answered prayer. He even said to, to Jeremiah when he was talking to the Israelites before they went into Babylon, into captivity for 70 years, Right as they're going into that, he says, pray for the peace of the city and for the shalom of the city that I'm sending you into. And, and you know, as you bless the city in that aspect and plant and so in and so forth, I'll bless you as well. And so prayer is a, a foundational part. And I've been a prayer warrior since I was a little kid and uh, gave my heart to Jesus at 15 years old. And so uh, God has uh, loves to engage with us. Prayers like breathing. We're, we're listening. I'm listening to him as when I'm awake or even in my dreams. And then he's listening to me. And so it's just like breathing and it's essential. And so we really have seen a lot of things take place in that element of prayer. We've been prayer walking actually the city of Portland every Saturday morning for six years. We've been down in the square and it hasn't rained on us. Now, Portland's kind of wet from time to time. <laughs> but for six years, we've been praying into the city and what God wants to see happen. And even last year, with all the riots and crazy stuff, God was elevating the level of prayer in the city. And he had connected us to the global prayer movement. That was one of the amazing things with all the, the stuff that happened that took place in our city last year in Portland is now the whole world knows that Portland's on the planet. <laughs> And as I was on these global prayer calls praying for Portland, I said, pray into what God's doing and what he's about to birth, because it's going to impact the nations. And even with you, Patrice, you know, I prayed you into Portland. <laughs> I was wanting to get out of town and move to Washington, D.C. to be with you. But God had you move here to keep me here. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know, um, many people, when they hear Portland around the world, around the nation, particularly in America, particularly in the last two years, it has a negative 
connotation, right? Uh, the our downtown burnings and all the riots and so forth. Speak to the nation a little bit. Uh, what's the other side of Portland that is also beautiful and hopeful in midst of all of that despair? Well, over the last 25 years that I've been here, when God sent me here to manage the Christian radio station that you had a broadcast on and that we got connected to, I've watched God nurture and bring together the church leadership of all different ethnic backgrounds. And we had uh, meetings and discussions and we've worked on different projects together over the years. Uh, the Louise Plow Association has launched their festivals all over the planet from Portland, the model that they have. And then they launched the season of service model where they had Christians out serving. I mean, you look at the Palau Association and the uh, the event that they did in New York City a couple of years ago, which was, you know, Luis Palau's longest dream is to have this massive crusade meeting in uh, New York City. They had three different stages in the Central Park, uh, Times Square and somewhere else. They had events going on. They had service projects happening all over the planet. And that was orchestrated out of Portland. You know, people don't recognize the the, the heritage and, and all of the different healing evangelists that came through Portland over the many years. And so I kind of sensed all of last year when everything was happening after we had a pretty significant event in 2018 with an evangelist named Chris, Chris Overstreet, who came and moved to Portland out of uh, Bethel Church in Redding, California. And we had 7,500 people at the convention center. 25 nations, 40 states, and we had more ministry happening on the streets all over Portland than we did inside the building. I knew that what the Lord's doing and what he's about to do, the enemy is resisting that. And he's saying he's trying to shut it down. But I kept hearing this is his last stand. <laughs> he has been served an eviction notice and he has to live, uh, leave the Portland metro area. Uh, and, and, and we've seen lots of bad stuff come to this city over the years and it's just come to a head. And we really, really believe that we're right on the crust of that. We had a, a prayer conference this particular weekend. <laughs> you got a little kitty cat calling. I'm, just, I'm a grandfather. <laughs> I'm, I'm a dog guy. Uh -huh. My daughter, you know, kind of cried till we adopted this cat. And uh -huh. now, so it's her cat, but we kind of raising it. Uh, <laughs> and I fell in love with it. That's hilarious. Uh, her name is Shadow. So everybody say out of Shadow. Shadow, you're not really famous. Everybody knows who you are. That's awesome. That's awesome. So anyway, it has been so crazy to watch the hand of God move. And like I said earlier, yeah, I mean, when the news captures something, they're looking at a little tiny fire downtown, which could be kind of big, but they blow it out of way out of proportion. So our city's not burned down. Well, it's still it's came back to life this summer. Everybody's shopping downtown. The stores are opening. All the different windows have been you know, rebuilt is still not where it was, but it's definitely in a place of transition. And we really believe that God's about to do some amazing things. Uh, we, we, we had, a, a, like I said, a national prayer summit this past weekend that was here and had uh, some other things that are taking place. And uh, we're right on the cusp of some major breakthroughs. <laughs> awesome. Again, we're talking to James Archery with Shadow. She's my she's my guest guest. Uh, she's my <laughs> assistant here. Uh, we're talking about the upcoming Cloud County Prayer Breakfast. It'll be happening this Thursday. Yes. And that prayer breakfast uh, will be. So, James, where is it going to be, and how did I register again? Yeah, last year we had to do it in a local church on Facebook because we couldn't open up. But this year, as it has been in the past. Uh, we are actually going to be at the Vancouver Hilton. It's just in downtown Vancouver. My wife was the director of sales and marketing there before she retired and had our third son. 
but yes, it's in the in the city, in the heart of the city, right next to the waterfront, uh, overlooking into Oregon. And that particular hotel uh, is amazing. It's it's owned by the city of Port, uh, Vancouver, and we've been there for many years. We can seat up to about 900. I think we'll have close to about four or 500 this year. Uh, the online ticket sales are have ended. That happened last night, but you can still show up. And if we have a seat, uh, we'll sell it to you. And so it's available. Okay, I love it. That so more. pray and come. We'll see how. Yeah how much of a prayer you are but we will go live on facebook when we begin our community prayer time and we honor our our, our honored citizen and then your your message as well as a wrap-up video all that will be on our facebook live uh you know clark county prayer breakfast uh on facebook that'll all be live awesome james before we get into your story so as our audience heard you share you you talked about the importance that this is really a civic event Yes. Though it's organized by Christians, it's not only for Christians. Talk to us about that, because as people are watching and listening, they may say, hey, we want to model this in our nation, our city. How do you do a civic event for prayer? And, and how do you ensure that, that it, it is embracing of all while staying true to your faith as a Christian organizer? Exactly. Well, it does start with a foundation of relationships of people that are in the community that are already leaders in the community who know the civic leaders, who know the sheriff people, the, the, the police folks and the EMTs and so forth. And so that's the people that are on our steering committee are people who have those relationships. And in the past, we've had others that had relationships. And that really is what made it what it is. It was, like I said, it was a lot of people called it the mayor's prayer breakfast because we always had a, a featured mayor from one of the cities in Clark County. But the, it was never put on by the mayor's office. And so in that contention, you know, it came a little bit political a couple times uh, where we had to step away from that and say, this is not a public event that's put on by government. This is put on by full gospel businessmen in support of as a honoring event. And it is an evangelical Christian event because others wanted to bring in other religions and so forth. And we said, no, we're 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 based upon the Bible. We do have a messianic uh, Jewish uh, gentleman who plays a praise, a blessing, a blessing over our meal. But we're this is the, the evangelical Christian expression. Uh, even Catholics come and join us where we've had different Catholic priests uh, actually pray the prayer. But it's a Christian expression of honor in our city and thus. Uh, over the years, we've had all the mayors in Clark County be a part of it and, and other community leadership to where they felt they didn't feel threatened. That's the other aspect is we don't ask them to pray prayers at their table. We just ask them to join in with the prayers that are happening on the platform from the stage. And then we don't do an altar call. We don't challenge them to make a decision for Christ. It's not an outreach event like we do with the Good Friday Breakfast in Portland, where we have a couple thousand business people together at the convention center, and it's all about sharing the gospel. This is about praying and honoring for our community leaders and our heroes. And that's the theme of this year's project in the Christian schools is honoring our heroes. I love it. And that's a strong tradition in America, and that's part of what has made America great. Yes. Uh, you have a number of sponsors who have make it happen and and organizers, your own organization uh, serving our neighbor. Tell us about those organizations and the people behind this making it happen. Well, the, the primary sponsor that launched it was the Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship in America. And that's part of the international uh, community of Full Gospel Businessmen around the world. It started in the 1950s and they have chapters around the world. I worked at the old headquarters office in, Cast in Costa Mesa, California with the founder until he passed. And then God moved me on to different areas in my, in my journey of prayer. 
The other organization that I'm super excited about that's joined us is an organization called Flash Love. And Andre Avanov was the spearhead behind that and kind of the, the mindset and had the heart to engage younger business people, younger citizens, uh, even students and youth to go out and serve the community, love on the community, pick up trash, mow grass, you know, move logs, whatever that project was. And the way they initially set up is that they went in they, and they would put on Facebook a, a project and that morning everybody, you know, 30 kids would show up <laughs> and they would take care of that situation or move that family or whatever the deal. And it's called flash love, you like a flash mob. And then it developed into where now they have a, a class called Spartans where they're actually raising boys to become men. I think they're in their fifth uh, class right now, fourth or fifth class, where they have this group of, of guys that are training these other uh, kids to become men. And so they have a, an amazing strategy of just loving on the city. And then my organization, Serving Our Neighbors, has always been a part of uh, helping support the, the work that we've done throughout the city, as well as the Christian Chamber that you were part of. Uh, is, is just that. We work with leaders to see what's taking place in our city and how can we bring in resources? How can we bring in talent? How can we bring in the things that need to happen to shift that? I'm actually right now here at the Bobby Lakes Hope Center. Uh, this is a building that was built by Multnomah County, which is Portland, Oregon's county. It was built for $53 million in 2003 and four. It could house 500 people as a, as a corrections facility to help people come out of corrections to go into community. And it sat empty for 16 years, and the county then funded it for $40 million. They almost spent $100 million on an empty building <laughs> in yes. North Portland. And our prayer team came out here three years, four years ago, and started praying, God, we want this place to be used as a homeless transition center to help people get off the street and get back in the community. And God started answering prayers, and I met other people that had been praying for much longer than we had. And we saw a guy named Jordan Snitzer buy the building from the county. The county didn't want to sell it to him. And then he had another way he got it from them and bought it. And then he put out a call for somebody to come up with a plan to use it. And so the Lord connected him, uh, even though he's Jewish, <laughs> with a guy who's a believer in Seaside, Oregon who has a ministry called Helping Hands, and they've been running this uh, 10 facilities up and down the coast for, for, 10, for 20 years now. And so they now manage this building. We opened up last October with only 120 beds. We've helped 500 people come through and get help. And when we're fully open with the remodel that we're just about to finish in January, we'll have close to 400 beds and we'll be able to help 4,500 people living on the streets of Portland get a job and get housing if they want to come in and, and let us help them. That is powerful. <laughs> wow. That, what an incredible thing. Again, happening right here in Portland, Oregon. There's some yeah. good things happening in Portland. A lot of good stuff. And, and God's given us an honor and, and the favor and the clarity to to put things together, to, to turn all this in and, and replicate it. Every, uh, almost all the things that are happening in Portland, we are going to see impact the nation and the world. And you're another case in point where God moved you from D.C. to here to, to to do what he's done through your ministry. And we're honored to be a part of it. It's been a great photograph for us. I mean, we, people like yourself and others have received us and it's just been a gift. I mean, Portland, being in this region has just made a difference as we've grown internationally and nationally. We thank God for it. Jim, let's talk about your story. I'll be sharing my story on on uh, on Thursday and tying it to the values that that's, that makes America great about your story so uh go back a bit of it for me in terms of the archery heritage where it came from how it 
and then it's and then coming to America. And and what's been the, what's been the thing that has produced James Autry? Certainly. Well, as I understand it, with the research that has taken place and what's available on the web and so forth, uh, is that there was an Autry uh, captain of a ship that came from France that brought the Autry family that were fleeing France. I'm not sure if they were part of the Huguenots or not. That's not clear to me. But in the 1680s, uh, they migrated to America, uh, uh, to the colonies uh, prior to the founding of our country and uh, settled up in the uh, Carolina area as well as Massachusetts. And then out of Carolina, uh, particularly uh, South Carolina, they immigrated south to Georgia where I grew up. And then uh, a lot of them then went across the country. So you look up a phone book when we had phone books. <laughs> you probably could find one or two Autrys in a town somewhere scattered throughout the whole country. And it's been a very small uh, family. Um, one particular famous Autry was Gene Autry. He was the singing cowboy who was very popular back in the 50s and 60s and, and did uh, country uh, songs as well as he recorded the first uh, gold album. Uh, which was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, <laughs> famous Christmas. Is that right? Yep, that went uh, gold. It was the first time that they actually had uh, rec record keeping of that. And he has the Autry Museum in Los Angeles, where it's a country western museum. And so he also uh, owned the uh, Anaheim uh, Angels, uh, the baseball team that was based there. And so that's one of the famous Autrys that are around. But most, uh, you don't see that family, that family name. And so there's quite a heritage around him. He was a believer. He was a Christian and, and loved God and had good values and was pretty well known. A lot of people will, a lot older people will call me Gene. <laughs> and I do have an uncle named Gene, but he lives in Georgia. Uh, but that's kind of the flow of, of what I've been able to understand. Uh, my grandfather, Enoch, James Enoch Autry, was born in 1900. And then my son, who's 21, was born in, 20, in 2000. 100 years later, and he was just a farmer. Uh, he owned some land in South Georgia. He had a sawmill. Uh, he loved God. Um, he raised my dad and, and family, and he got into the oil business, Amoco Oil, American Standard Oil, and then Exxon, and then BP Mobile, and so forth. And so those, that's what my dad did. He was a Christian business guy. He was a man that loved the Lord. Uh, it didn't start out that way. He was a drunk. He loved to fight and drink and go to church on Sunday. <laughs> Uh, but he married his high school sweetheart, my mom, and then they got married and had me and my brother uh, early on. But he was a drunk. He was an alcoholic. And it was really funny because our church, the First Baptist Church of Camilla, actually made him a deacon, and he still was an alcoholic. <laughs> That's not good. But God started moving in his life. I, was, I had pneumonia as a baby and went to uh, a chiropractic doctor, which in, back in the 70s was not a well-known thing. Uh, in South Georgia, and I was being worked over, but this particular doctor uh, who was working over with me, my asthma, had been healed of cancer, which was totally unheard of as well. Back in the Jesus movement in the 70s and in the, in the 80s, uh, my parents were kind of curious about this guy who had been healed, and their marriage was almost on the verge of breakup because of the alcohol, and so they went to this guy's home meeting and got prayer, and nothing happened. The Holy Spirit, they, you know, other people being touched. And when they got back home to where my brother and I were little babies, the Holy Spirit hit them <laughs> in the house. And then they fought over who's going to watch the kids and who's going to read the Bible. <laughs> wow. And so my dad was instantly delivered from alcohol, even though he smoked until, you know, probably 10 or 15 before years before he died. 
uh, and then he that was an amazing miracle how that happened. But I grew up in this Christian home environment where we believed that God can do miracles today. And so we always went to meetings with Derek Prince and Catherine Kuhlman and Bob Humphrey and all these amazing people that we hear about today. That was the environment that I grew up in and all the spirit filled uh, Baptists and Presbyterians and, and the Episcopals and Methodists down the street all met at my house for fellowship. <laughs> What an incredible story. And, and so what I'm hearing, so there's this tradition of hard work. Yes. This tradition of risk takers, yes. entrepreneurship, and this tradition of faith that yeah. has been that has been part of your family. And and that shaped who you are. And then and then that leads you now to talk about how that from there that springboards you into what you do today. Talk about sure. that transition a bit. Well, I was on the verge at 15 years old. Uh, I was very, um, actually two years prior to that, my dad had uh, prayed for me to, because I had a fever and he took out the Bible where it says that Jesus rebuked the fever of Peter's mother-in-law and the whole family had become sick with a cold and he was tired of everybody being sick. So he finally prayed for somebody and that was me. And in that process, he asked me about my relationship with God and I didn't have one. I didn't, never made a commitment. I knew that I needed to make a commitment to God because I was heard about it every Sunday at the Baptist church. And so as he prayed, all of a sudden things started shifting and other things started happening. And then those next two years, I was depressed and suicidal. The enemy was on my back and all kinds of condemnation. And, and I didn't have a lot of friends. I didn't have any friends actually. And my grandfather, James Enoch, that I told you about, had given $1,000 in the bank to each one of his grandkids, his 13 grandkids for college education. I was the first uh, grandson to go to college at Belmont in Nashville and my dad cut down pine trees to put me through college and so for some crazy reason on a Saturday night I wrote out my my will because I had to leave my money to somebody if I died <laughs> and so I said you know what I'm going to give my heart to Jesus and the next morning I walked down that aisle my brother gave his heart to God two or three other kids did the same thing and I could not read enough of the Bible the same thing that happened to my mom and dad when they received the Holy Spirit in their lives I just kept reading and reading and reading. And I went from a BC student to straight A's, graduated valedictorian. My seniors voted me best all around because God told me if you're going to have friends, you got to be a friend. So I learned how to be a friend. <laughs> and this inside explosion just took place. And I started singing and traveling around the country with Continental Singers and over to Europe. And, and I went to college in Nashville. Everything just exploded inside of me. But I remember one particular prayer meeting where a group from YWAM came and did an all-night prayer service at our church. And it was kind of boring at first. And all of a sudden, I just, out of my spirit, man, I just said, God, we need you. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit fell, and everybody's weeping and crying. <laughs> and it was a powerful time to, to see how God could touch, you know, a bunch of kids. And so that was where the birth of prayer took place in my life. And then God moved me out of uh, going to college. I thought I was going to be a Christian artist and sing, you know, big songs. But I have lots of friends that do that now. And God moved me to Southern California to work with Full Gospel Businessmen. And then he moved to Colorado Springs to work with some other business people there. And then landed here uh, 25 years ago to help with this radio station and became the manager. And the rest is history. <laughs> My Lord Jesus. You know, I just think about your ancestors, your great, great, great grandparents. Yeah. They're set to march towards America from France. Yeah. Little did they know that in 2022, 21, their grandson will be used in the city of Portland, Oregon. 
and and impact the nation. You're part of many movement around the country yeah. in this manner. And it is just an amazing, an amazing story. James, as we wrap up here, so when you think about your family's journey and you think about your own journey, what are two things that just comes to mind, things that makes this nation of ours um, able to, to, to produce what is done in you, to transform your father from a drunk and a fighter to what it happened? What two things that come out that we have to preserve? Two things that you say, you know what, Patrice, when I think about my journey, this is my prayer for my children, my prayer for our nation, that we have to preserve, guard against. That goes beyond Republicans and Democrat, red and and uh, and, and blue state. Uh, that goes beyond vaccine, no vaccine, all of the stuff that is keeping us apart. Black lives matter, don't matter, all of that stuff. What are two things that you think, you know what, these, as we pray on Thursday, these are the two things that we need to pray for and pray with that the Lord will preserve for our nation to make it possible for the future James Archie's of the nation. Certainly. Well, the two things that come to my mind is a quote from one of our previous uh, presidents and writers of the Declaration of Independence, John Adams. And he said that this Constitution is written for moral people and it's inept to govern any other. And so I don't know if I said that correctly, but his whole premise was, is that this document that we're putting in the place that we've stood upon for these 200 plus years is designed for people who have a moral compass. And so we need revival in America <laughs> and it's coming. It's here. It's actually happening all around us and it's going to get more and more intensified. We've been seeing this massive tsunami about to come. And any time that a tsunami hits the shore, the first thing that happens is the water goes out from the ocean, from the beach to the ocean. And all this junk is exposed on the ocean floor that's there hiding and, and hidden. And then all of a sudden that massive wave comes in and washes all that out. And that's what we're about to be in seeing right now. So we need massive revival to where the people of America uh, are centered upon God and who he is and who they created, who God created them to be. And the other critical element that makes this nation unique on the planet is not only that document of the Constitution and our initial Declaration of Independence, but the fact that this government is for the people, by the people, and 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 and, and it's it is us actually getting involved, and that's the other thing that's happening, and why we're in this vice being crimped, and all this stuff is coming in as God's saying, "I need you out of the church, <laughs> I need you out of the building, I need you to get out of your prayer meetings and go be the answer to the prayers that you're praying," and that's what we're doing with the Bible Oaks Hope Center here. That's what we're doing with other initiatives that we have is we're training up business leaders because business touches all the different spheres of influence in every capacity whatever it is business is at the core of it and if we focus in and train business people to understand who they are and what their assignment is and to be a voice not just to vote vote is critical if you're going to be an american citizen you need to vote but you got to be a part of the process you got to be a part of it and that's why i ran for city government last year i ran a city council member for the city of Portland. I didn't win. I got 2,500 votes. My opponent got 300,000 <laughs> because she was well known. But the Lord said, be obedient, take that step and and, and begin that process of, of being a, a local voice of reason and common sense and just the basic foundational values that you're going to talk about on Thursday morning. 
just be that voice. And, and as the revival comes and you mobilize people to become reformers, uh, then you'll see that transformation take place in city after city and the nation. <laughs> this is incredible. You almost should be giving a talk on Thursday, James. This is so good. <laughs> this is so good. Listen, James Archery and James, I'm going to close with a gift for you. And then, James, before you leave, I do want you to say something um, in, in advice. At the end of our talk, I will always let our guests give advice to our entrepreneurs around the world. But before we do, so, James, uh, Alexa de Corqueville, a French historian, and philosopher came to America. Ooh. James, you'll like the, he came to America way back in the mid 1800s. And he wrote a document uh, called American Democracy, mm. where he captured the essence of what was about America that made it special. Yeah. And, uh, and so goes back to the country of the French. And I'll be sharing what he what he what he shared uh, on 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 Thursday. So the French has been his tremendous contributor. The uh, the, that's right <laughs> to the evolution of the America. So thank you so much for that heritage and, and for that power. Before we hear um, James share with us his, his advice for our entrepreneurs, I want to encourage you to to get to know James by visiting his website at um, well first sign up for the Clark County Breakfast at Clark County Breakfast. Uh, prayerbreaks.com, cloudcountryprayerbreaks.com. You can sign up and uh, it, you just email them. They'll let you know where it is. We can go. If they have space, they'll let you in. You don't have to pay for it. And also, if you cannot come physically, they'll have it online virtually. They'll connect with you let you know how it is. You can also know more about James by visiting servingourneighbor.org. It's an amazing nonprofit organization. We, part of our tie this year, we contribute to organizations. It was one of the ones that we contributed to. I just love the work that that uh, James does. He selflessly serves our region, our city. Every city in the James Archery, who's that connected to the city, to to do things that nobody wants to do, and nobody gets paid to do. <laughs> you know, and working for all of us. And thank you so much for that, James. Uh, he knows pretty much all the key people in the city, and that's the person. So every city needs a James Archery. Also, if you want to know more about the Neymar Project, and we didn't talk about James' biblical entrepreneurship story, we'll deal with that when he comes back next. He's a biblical yep. entrepreneur as well. If you want to know more about how we can help you uh, to become a biblical entrepreneur, to build a kingdom company that enables you to impact people, impact the planet, be profitable, and, and impact eternity, visit us at nehemiahecommunity.com. Nehemiahecommunity.com. There you can learn about our training program, Biblical Entrepreneurship Serve with Love, the identity and destiny, and so forth and how we can bring and take to help you integrate biblical values into your business and take it to sustainability. Also, you can learn about our coaching program. We have coaches that are kingdom business coaches that can come alongside you and walk with you, help you, provide you best practice, biblical principles, and help you tap into the supernatural to enable you to grow your kingdom company. You can also learn about our access to capital. If you need capital to grow, or to to, uh, to launch a business, we have our own fund as well as investors that we can connect you with to allow you to grow your business. And by the way, while you're there, become a member of the community. You know, membership does have its privileges. And so join and become a member. You have different levels of membership so that you can, we can work together. You can connect with entrepreneurs from around the world, Asia, Africa, Europe, Latin America, North America, 
so that together we can transform the world. With that said, if you enjoy this podcast, I want to ask you for one favor, share it. Share it with friends, share with family, share with others. Maybe you know others who have a French heritage, who the Lord is using. Share with them. They can see that one of their uh, uh, you know, loved ones, their ancestors are here and making a contribution. Maybe you know people who, like James' father, have struggled with addiction or struggle and say, can God still use me? Look what God has done. Or maybe you know a young man like James who you want to inspire, encourage. Or maybe you want to start a prayer breakfast in your city or community. Maybe you want to know how we're doing it. Connect with James directly and share this podcast. With that, before we close, James, the entrepreneurs around the nation who are watching and listening, around the world actually, and as, as an entrepreneur yourself, a man of prayer, uh, you know, we face these uncertain times in, in the business. Uh, no other time in history other than when, when the flood you know, when the flood happened in the world, that the world had faced this kind of global thing at the same time. What advice would you give entrepreneurs to encourage them as they prepare to close out the year and do it strong, even prepare for 2022? What's your word of advice to give for them? Well, apart from connecting to you and following you and, and learning from you as a teacher, a trainer, as a coach, of all the things that I would say is um, get close to God. I mean, he is uh, your CEO. Uh, we've been in past seasons where God's allowed us to engage and to do things and our past generations of followers to actually be a part. But this particular season that we're in, uh, we're all subcontractors. We're all under him and we need to be connected to what he's building and what his plan is. And so if any part of our uh, business, any part of our family, any part of our economic system that supports us is out of sync and out of alignment with the assignment of who we are and what we're called to be, it's very, very strategic that we be in alignment with our assignment. You know, even our friend David Hogston with T Kingdom Investors out of Australia that has a $1.5 billion company. He spends an entire day with the Lord every single week. He runs a massive company and teaches on trains all around the world. And he still spends an entire day to get that intimacy, to get that download, to get that strategy. And so it's about, you know, not working harder, but working smarter. And the smart thing to do is spend time with the boss <laughs> and be about our father's business. Well said. What a good advice. James, thank you so much, man. I'll see you on Thursday. Thank all you. Right. It's an honor to be sharing with you today. Thanks for what you're doing for our city, for our community and for our nation. Let me pray for you guys. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord enable you to steward those talents that are under your care, as James has, and to steward them in such a way that one day you will hear those wonderful words. Well done. Good and faithful servant, you've been faithful over a few things. God will now make you ruler over much. God bless you. Thank you for watching and listening. Again, James, thank you so much. Thank you.